0: Last Sunday we looked at the ministry of John the Baptist, and we saw someone who was great in the sight of the Lord. Today we look at Jesus, and we'd have to say, greater still is that name that is above every name. The name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that He indeed is Lord. Turn to Luke chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading at verse 30, and read through verse 34 in Jesus' name. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and we call the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end." Let's pray. Father in Heaven, we thank You, we praise You this day that Jesus Christ came to this earth, born as a baby in Bethlehem, lived a perfect life, went to the cross of Calvary, died and rose again, ever lives to make intercession, and one day is coming again. Father, we pray that You would take now the words that You have given by the inspiration of Your Spirit, O God, apply them to our lives today, we pray, for we ask in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. I don't know what it was like for you as parents when you named your children, but I've heard stories that some parents have had a little bit of a struggle in that, arriving at a name for a little baby boy, a little baby girl. Sometimes it's You are the one that likes the name and your spouse doesn't really like that name, so you have to choose another one. Or you both like a name, but then you start thinking about nicknames and you say, you know, I'm not sure I want them to be called what kids will probably call them at school. Or you like a name, but it's already been used in your family. Your brother or sister named their son or daughter that name and stole it from you, I suppose, huh? Or, you like a name that is maybe just a little bit different. And you're wondering if uh, your son or daughter is going to be teased by having a name like that. Like the man whose name was Odd. You heard that story probably, huh? And uh, as you can imagine, he was teased quite a bit. I think it is actually a Norwegian name. Not O-D-D, but A-A-D, Odd. And so he told his wife, when I die, I want you to make sure that you do not put my name on my tombstone, because I don't want to be teased about my name after I'm gone. And she said, okay, I'll agree to that. So when he died, buried, here's this blank stone. Well, you can imagine people going out to the cemetery and you know looking at the various graves, and there's Uncle Bill's grave, and Aunt... You know where I'm going, don't you? On Susan. <laughs> Susan's name. And then they come to this blank tombstone. They stop and they look at it and say, Now that is odd. huh? That is odd. It can be a struggle to find a name for a child. Well, we saw last Sunday when Zacharias and Elizabeth were expecting a baby. They didn't have to come up with a name because... The angel Gabriel came and said his name will be John. that settled that one. And then we look in our text today, and the same was true with Joseph and Mary. The angel Gabriel again came and told them that the name of their son would be Jesus. So if you want to know what to name your child, I guess you ask Gabriel, huh? And if you can't make contact with Gabriel, you can ask me. I'd be happy to give you some suggestions. A boy? Peter, obviously. A girl? Maybe Petra or Petra. Some, some variation of the name, right? Um, Lydia, I'll be talking to her a little bit later. Tell her what, what, what some good possibilities are. Well, the first thing that Gabriel said to Mary after telling her to name her son Jesus is that he will be great. Verse 32 says, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give Him the throne of His father David, and He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and His kingdom will have no end. You shall call His name Jesus. And that is significant because, first of all, there is no greater name than the name of Jesus, listen to how the New Testament writers describe this. Hebrews chapter one verse four says that Jesus has become as much better than the angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. Ephesians one twenty one, Paul says that Jesus was raised from the dead far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Philippians 2, for this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So there is no greater name than the name of Jesus. And the reason why that is the case is because it is only by the name of Jesus that we are saved. Acts 4.12 says there is salvation in no one else. Notice that. Salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. You will not be saved through the name of Allah or Confucius or any other name. It is only the name of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. No greater name than the name of Jesus. The second thing we notice here is that there is no greater birth than the birth of Jesus. When Gabriel was sent to announce the birth of Jesus, I kind of wonder what was going through his mind. Because the first time he came and announced the birth to Zacharias and Elizabeth, they didn't believe him, right? Remember Zacharias? He... uh, said basically, how in the world is this going to happen? And looking for some kind of a sign. And Gabriel said, you know what, you're going to be the sign. And the sign will be that you won't be able to speak for nine months. Imagine that, nine months, mute, So here's Gabriel that says, okay, first time, Lord, it didn't really work. very Well, they didn't really believe me. And now you want me to go to a virgin and say that you are going to have a son. How is that going to work out? Now, I don't know if that happened in heaven, but I can imagine what Gabriel was thinking. Who would ever believe this, huh? Well, when Mary heard that she was going to give birth to a son, she wondered how it could be Verse 34, Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And to encourage her, that she could believe that God would do this, He tells her something that also was quite impossible, humanly speaking. Verse 36, he said, Behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. And then he said, For nothing will be impossible with God. And I love the response of Mary, verse 38. Mary said, Behold, the bondslave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. There's the word of God. There's the promise that God gave. And she stood on that promise. She said, Lord, may it be according to your word. I stand on this truth because it comes from God, from the Most High God. It takes us back to the word of God, doesn't it? What do we stand on today? What do we trust in today? Are we standing on the promises of God's word where we have that solid foundation for life and for eternity? (laughs) That Jesus is who He claimed to be. That He is indeed the Savior of the world. Oh, to stand on that truth. What great joy, what great assurance it brings to stand on the unchanging Word of God. The virgin birth of Jesus wasn't ordained by God simply to amaze us with His power, even though it it, it indeed does that. But the virgin birth of Jesus is absolutely essential to our salvation. The child that was born to Mary was the holy child, Gabriel said. Though fully human, he was born without a sinful nature. According to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, Jesus could become our substitute because he knew no sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. So Jesus Christ, though fully human, was born without a sinful nature like us. And the child that was born to Mary was also the Son of the Most High God. He was God in human flesh, so when He died on the cross, His death was sufficient for the sins of of the whole world. And that's frankly the only way it could work. He had to be true man. He had to be true God. And therefore, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ is essential to our salvation. No greater name than the name of Jesus. No greater birth than the birth of Jesus. And then thirdly, there is no greater joy than the joy that Jesus gives. Notice when Gabriel spoke to Zacharias about the birth of John, he said that many will rejoice at his birth. And this joy was not just because an old barren couple had a baby, but rather because John would be the forerunner. He'd be the one that would prepare the way to make ready a people ready for the Lord. But as great as John's mission was, Luke makes it clear that there's one who had a greater mission. And his birth brings us the greatest joy. Notice how Luke describes the, the joy of Elizabeth, verse thirty nine. Now at this time Mary arose and went in a hurry to a to the hill country to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. And now, and how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what the Lord had spoken to her, or what had been spoken to her by the Lord. It's obvious that Elizabeth considered Mary to be blessed. She said, Blessed are you among women. She also describes Jesus as being blessed. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. But she also considers herself to be blessed because of who Jesus is. Did you notice how she describes him in verse 43? She says, and how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? You see, Elizabeth understood who Jesus was. Not just a relative of hers, but Jesus was, as she describes it, my Lord. And so we'd have to say that she rejoiced at the birth of Jesus more than she rejoiced at the birth of her own son. (laughs) Why? Because Jesus was more than just a relative. Jesus was her Lord. Jesus was... Savior. And notice also the joy of of Mary, verse 46. Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has, has regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, generations will count me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. And holy is His name. The Mighty One has done great things for me. I suppose part of that is that she became the servant through whom the Messiah was born, that she brought Jesus into this world. But it was much more than that. The greatest thing that God did for Mary was to send Jesus not just to be her son, but but to send Jesus to be her Savior. And notice how personal it was to Mary and how great joy it brought her. She said, my soul exalts in the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Obviously, she understood who Jesus was and she had that personal relationship with Him. My Savior. Elizabeth said, my Lord. And that's what the joy of of Christmas is all about. When we can call Jesus my Savior, when we can say that Jesus is my Lord. And that would be my desire for you as we celebrate Advent, that you would be able to say that Jesus is my Savior. That Jesus is my Lord. Not only that He died for the sins of the world, but you can say He died for my sins. (laughs) And I know Him as my Savior. I am sure that I have eternal life. Can you say that today? Is Jesus your Savior? Is He your Lord, your Master? You, you know Him in a personal way and you are daily walking in fellowship with Him. If you look at what Mary says in the rest of her psalm of praise here, you can say that because God is merciful from generation... To generation. I love how she mentions that. Verse 50, she said, His mercy is upon generation after generation to those who fear Him. He has done mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from thrones and has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty handed. He has given help to Israel, His servant, in remembrance of His mercy. And then notice again verse 55, As He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants, forever. Forever. And He's not just talking about those who are Jews related to Abraham, but He's talking about all those who by faith in Jesus are sons and daughters of Abraham. So if you know Jesus today, you can say, I'm a a son of Abraham. I'm a daughter of Abraham. Because God has kept that promise given way back in Genesis through all the different various generations. His mercy is being displayed over and over again. My brother's writing a little history on our family. And five Generations ago was when the Lord invaded the Franz family, when my grandpa became a believer in Jesus. And as you rehearse that and just think about what God did to save my grandfather and then to see you in my mom and dad's lives and then us boys and then our children and now grandchildren. We look at five generations. Wonderful in our family. But it goes back a long way before that. Many generations, God has been faithful to fulfill His promises, culminating in the birth of Jesus. We can experience that mercy and that grace and that faithfulness today. I love Psalm 100. Notice the last two verses of that psalm. It says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him Bless His name. Why? For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And His faithfulness to all generations. Let's pray. Father, thank You that there is no name greater than the name of Jesus. No birth greater than the birth of Jesus. No joy greater than the joy that Jesus gives to us today. So Father, we praise you, we give thanks to you, thank you for your mercy, thank you for your faithfulness, to all generations. Oh God, may we embrace that good news today of what Christ has done for us. And as Elizabeth, as Mary be able to say that Jesus is my Savior, Jesus is my Lord, for we pray in His name. Amen.